So last weekend, Pastor Steve asked, how many of you uh, drive along the road in your car in the middle of summer with the music cranked out as loud as you can, singing as loud as you can? How many of you do that? I wasn't at this service last week, so I was just curious how many of you raised your hand. Come on, really? Um, how many of you sing in the shower when nobody's home? A few more hands go up. Yeah, we have, we have a, a, there's kind of this annual tradition for us in our family, and it goes back, my wife uh, really brought it into our family. When she was growing up, every other summer, uh, they would go on a family trip up to northern Minnesota to the Boundary Waters, which is the Boundary Waters canoe area, which is really that, that just remote region. There are no roads up there that you, you have to take a canoe uh, to get to the Canadian border and, and portage between lakes. Just gorgeous up there. But they've spent years going up to a, a place called Clearwater Lodge. And when I married Shane, I, I was a benefactor of being able to go on one of those trips. And then we took some years off. And then a few years back, uh, we started taking our girls up there. And there's an annual tradition, though, when we get into Minnesota and cross the border and, and get near Grand Marais, and as we're going up what's known as the Gunflint Trail, um, the family tradition that Shane grew up with, and now uh, as she grew up, they put the cassette tape or eight-track tape in the, in the car deck, which uh, now we, uh, we do it based on an iPad or an iPod or a, or a phone, is we play John Denver. Uh, and, and if you've ever, you know, something about John Denver and when you're out in the, the middle of nowhere in, in nature, in God's creation, uh, and that, that song, Rocky Mountain High, um, that many people know and sing. And in our family, my kids now, they love John Denver. And, and when we're going anywhere now in the summertime, they're like, hey, let's just listen to John Denver. I'm like, okay. And um, at least for a while, and then you have to stop because you just can't have it anymore. But but that song, Rocky Mountain High, Colorado, well, and they say Colorado, and we, sh we changed the word to Minnesota. And there's something about that, and, and as a family enjoying music and enjoying the beauty of what God has created and the wonder of it all. And, and I, I always think about when we get up there and when nightfall comes, and you are able to look up, and the sky is amazing in, in such a way that you can see the Milky Way, you know, if you've ever seen the, the true Milky Way and why they call it the Milky Way, lighting up the sky, which frankly around here we don't really always get a lot of that because of the light pollution and, and that is kind of one of the curses of, of modern times and urban settings is we spend a lot of time looking down and our lights are fake artificial powered lights rather than looking above. You know, the, the song we're going to focus in on, and we've read from Psalm 19, we're going to focus in on those beginning verses today, is truly a song of, of wonder like that, to, to look up and, and behold what God has done, that it evokes an emotion, it, it evokes a, a, a spirit of praise and presence in the, in the presence of God who has done this incredible work. And I'm convinced of this, I, I think we spend far too little time pondering what our God has done in wonder. And my prayer is today, we might do a little bit of that together. How amazing our God truly is as creator. Uh, let's read these verses at the beginning of Psalm 19. Uh, in fact, specifically verses one through four. And it goes like this, and I think we'll put it on the screen. There it is. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. 
Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, and they use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet, their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. And then he, David goes on to write about the sun, and he, he creates this alliteration uh, of, of a, a bridegroom coming out of its chamber in glory, and, and the, just this beauty of, of the sun that, that God has placed in the sky. And, and we know this from context, too, when he talks about that, the heavens declaring the glory of God. David is talking about truly the, the sky and the stars and, and the beauty of of God's creation. As a shepherd and spending many days out in the fields and many nights, he would have had many times to reflect on that incredible glory and wonder of what God has done. When's the last time you did that? Just simply spent time staring up in wonder at what God has created. It's an amazing thing, and, and when we ponder how beautiful it is, I mean, here's a picture of our Milky Way galaxy, a, kind of a close-up of it, and, and thanks to Hubble Telescope, we get an unrestricted view, 360 miles up, of what it really can look like, and, and that isn't just vapor out there, those are stars we see, and, and, and billions and billions of stars that light up the night sky. And, and we're reminded of this. I'm just curious. I mean, just thinking about what God has done creating this and putting it there for us as his people, his creatures, is the highlight of his creation to say, wow, look what you have done. I mean, God has done this for you. And he's done it for me. And a lot of times we don't think of it as this incredible work of art, this, this song of praise that God has, has created for us. And as David says, though they don't speak words, they speak a language that is loudly heard. It's, it's, it's deafening to realize what God has done. How fast is the speed of light? Anybody know? Come on. Answer is 186,000 miles per Second, okay, so put that in context. In the moment of time that I snapped my finger, light can travel around the earth seven times. That's how fast that is. Uh, that's carrying the mail, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine? Uh, Amazon delivering that quickly. Um, that would put a smile on our faces. I mean, wow! Seven times. You know? The speed of light. And when you ponder that, when you're looking up into the night sky and the light that we see, that that light is coming at us at 186,000 miles per second and, and add to that the measuring stick that astronomers use when they're looking at God's creation in the heavens is, is they don't measure things simply in a, a couple miles or in, in a small little period of time. They measure things, what's the yardstick they use? It's called a... A light year. And, and a light year, anybody know what that is? I have to actually look because I don't ever remember this stuff. 5.8 trillion miles per year is how far light travels. 5.88 trillion miles per year, traveling at 186,000 miles per second. And we put this all in context. This measuring stick of God's creation, 186,000 miles per second, 5.88 trillion miles in 365 days. And the scriptures say that in the beginning was God. And what does God do? He says, let there be 
light. And there was light. I remember as a, as a kid pondering that. So God speaks, and when I learned about the speed of light, and I'm thinking, man, that God speaks and out of his mouth at 186,000 miles per second is, is light. And God creates, and it says that God puts the, the heavens into place by the word of his mouth. They were created. I mean, ponder the power and the ability of our God to change things, to bring things about. And I share that today because I am convinced of this, that many times our view of God is so small. We go about life moping around like, oh man, how am I going to get through this day? And I can't believe I'm facing this. And oh, now what's going to happen? And we worry and we're overwhelmed and we're stressed. And our focus is off of what God is capable of doing. David, in this beautiful song, redirects our thoughts. How the heavens declare the wonders of our God. How could we forget that today? No matter what you're facing, and maybe a marriage that's falling apart, or, or family that's, that's not in a place you'd like it to be, maybe finances or job situation is difficult, maybe it's facing a, a diagnosis in your health, maybe you are just stressed and dealing with anxiety or depression, and you're like, how am I, I going to get through all of this? These are very real things. I'm not minimizing any of it. But if our perspective is looking down at the ground and like, how are we going to ever face this? rather than looking up to what our God is capable of doing. Let's keep pondering that a little bit. What is God capable of doing? Let there be light. I love what Psalm 33, one of the other songs that David writes about this, it says, let's read this. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. I mean, just a whoosh, 186,000 miles Per second, God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates light. Astronomers remind us that in our Milky Way galaxy alone, there are billions and billions of stars. And, and you think about the power of God, and if we were to just simply count them, you know, one, two, three, four. You don't want to do that because it would take you 2,500 years just to count up the stars in our Milky Way galaxy. I mean, how huge is that? And how profound when you think what our God is capable of. I think we have a picture of, of the, our galaxy, and this is a model. This isn't an actual picture because this is if you took our Milky Way galaxy, astronomers have been able to figure this out, and you flip it on its side, and what it would look like, and, and these millions and billions of stars that make up our Milky Way galaxy, um, question comes up, you know, how big is that? And if you measure, use the measuring stick that our God is capable of using, this, if you span the gap, it's 100,000 light years across our Milky Way galaxy alone. And, I mean, just ponder that. And this is one of millions and millions and billions of, of galaxies in the universe that we're able to observe. This is one of them. It's huge, massive. How big is our God and how big is our faith and our trust today? You ever wonder where, if this is our Milky Way galaxy, anybody know where we live? Where's our cul-de-sac? Um, if this is Google Maps, here's where we show up, right about there. Um, and that's a good place that we're not in the center because it's kind of hot there. And you don't want to live there. But it's amazing, too, and you, you think about um, the Earth and 
you know what, God has placed the earth, and maybe you've read up on this before, how amazing the creation is of, you know, people will say, oh, this all came about by accident and by chance, and, and uh, you know, just, you know, this melting pot of, of, of chemicals that shook around enough, and, 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 and this little electricity, and it just kind of happened, and, and here we are. Like, really? That takes a lot of faith to believe in that, because I'll tell you what, uh, when God can say, let there be, and there is, and he puts the axis of the earth in just such a way that makes life here possible and, and positions us in our position around the sun that if we were any closer, we would burn up. If we were any further away, we would not be able to survive either because it would be so cold. It would be even colder than Minnesota in the middle of January. And, and yet he's done this. The heavens declare the wonders of our God. Uh, you know, David goes on and he writes about the sun. He pitches a tent for the sun. And, and think of the sun. I mean, have you ever thought, pondered this? You know, how much energy alone our star, the sun, is capable of? Um, they've made a rough estimate of this, is that if you took the gross national product of the United States for one year, you multiply it times over three million times, and then you took that money, that, those resources, and you paid the power company uh, to power up the sun. Uh, do you know how long that would last? One second. That's how much energy comes out of the sun. It's huge as well. And you think of in comparison how big the earth is if you put it next to the sun. That's how small we are in comparison to the sun. And yet, our star, the sun, is a very, very small star in context of, of our own galaxy, much less the universe. And, and some of the, the stars they've been able to observe, that if you took our sun and if you represented it as a golf ball and, and you traveled to the base of Mount Everest and you just set it down there on the ground, uh, that's how big our sun is in comparison to some of the larger stars that have been, have been discovered out there in, in the galaxies in the universe. I mean, just how huge. And God says, let there be. And there was. By the power, the word of his mouth. And I just throw this out there. If God is that powerful and that strong and that huge, and yet he tells us that he loves us and that he knows us and the circumstances and the challenges we face today, how big is your God and how capable to help and be there for us in this time? Now, I want to show you a few other pictures here. Uh, you know, when you ponder the stars, I, I love what Isaiah, now this is not a, a song as we've been focusing in on the, the Psalms, but this is a, a springboard to more of God's word. Isaiah 40, verse 25 through 29. Notice what Isaiah reflects on this. To whom will you compare me, God says, or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Uh, you know when uh, NASA says you can name a star if you spend, you know, 50 bucks, you can give that as a birthday present. Sorry, God already named them. <laughs> because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary or tired. In his understanding, no one can fathom. For he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Here's Isaiah 
declaring God's word to, do you not know? How is it that we think our way is hidden from God? How is it we think that God isn't big enough to handle what we're facing today? And I don't care how big your problem is. Oh, I care, but I don't care in comparison to how big God is because God is present. And God has not abandoned us. He, he knows us, and, and as Jesus would point out, yeah, he, he's big enough to create by the power of his word, but he also knows how many hairs are on our head. Even when we're brushing our hair before church and a few more fell out today, he knows. He has the count because he knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your anxiety. He knows your fears. He knows your struggles. He knows your battle in guilt and shame with sin that continues to plague your life. He knows it. And yet in his bigness and power and his knowing us in every way, he's still a God of love as we find out in Jesus in 1970, our country sent up a, uh, a craft known as the Voyager, kind of a popular thing, and it, it, it was floating up there and continues to float out there in outer space and making its way away and away and away further and further, and it was a big deal when they launched this thing, and uh, as it started to send pictures back down to Earth of, of what it was observing up in, in space, um, one of the last pictures that was sent out, I'm going to put that one up there, is this one. And, and we've talked about this in the past. Some of this may sound familiar. I've shared this, and I just love to bring this out every once in a while because it just, it, it psychs me and, and pumps me up of who our God is. But, you know, this picture was sent back by Voyager. And uh, this was 13 years later. So this is 1983. And it was kind of like the last message to Voyager as it was leaving our galaxy. They asked it to turn around, take a picture facing back toward us, and uh, the blue circle wasn't on the original picture. That was just put there as a, a reminder. This is, this is us. It's planet Earth. And, and it took, I guess, five months for this picture to be received from Voyager. To put that in mind, how far away it is. One pixel at a time being sent over, you know, each month they'd get another pixel. And, and this took five months to get this, this picture. And, but that's a picture of planet Earth. And, and a lot of discussion happened at that time. In fact, Carl Sagan, the famous atheist astronomer, made this statement. He, he called this picture, and it, as it was called, the, the pale blue dot, Carl Sagan made this statement. He, he called it a moat of dust suspended on a sunbeam. And a lot of people said, you know, just, just one more reminder that we are really not that important. We really don't matter and in the scheme of of the universe, we're just a little moat of dust floating on a sunbeam. Life really isn't that important. We're just here by accident, by chance. It's kind of a sad view of life, if you ask me. It, it kind of turns things upside down from what God has created and says the heavens declare the wonders, my God. Your love, O oh Lord, reaches to the heavens, God tells us in his word. And here we have this backward look, and the amazing thing is, as I look at that, I realize, you know what? There are days when we feel significant or think that there's no way God can know us, and yet he does. And he reminds us we are not insignificant. We are not just a, a mode of dust floating on a sunbeam, forgotten, and, and just here randomly and by chance. No, we, we matter to him. He had us in mind from all eternity when he created us and he called us and gave our life a, a purpose for the here and the now and the circumstances. 
And may we pause long enough today to just wonder of how beautiful that is to be his people. I'll show you another picture. This is known as astronomy's darling. This is also called the, the whirlpool galaxy. I don't know how many millions of light years they say this thing is away and how many billions and billions of stars larger than our own sun make up that galaxy. And they used to think those two uh, were coming together to join and they realized they were separated by like a, a million light years or something. They're not even close to, to banging into each other. But that whirlpool galaxy... Uh, they asked Hubble telescope floating up 360 miles in orbit around the Earth. They asked the Hubble to zero in in the center of the Whirlpool galaxy. And, and as, before we show the next picture, before we do, anyway, hi, I wonder where he's going. <laughs> um, before we do, though, you know, you think about when you hear a song come on the radio. Um, and if, if it's an artist that you listen to a lot and a new song comes on and, and I found this, like I can pick out a U2 song anytime because uh, I know their sound. I, I know what Bono's voice sounds like. I know what The Edge sounds like when he's playing guitar. I, I just, I know the sound of them as artists. When, when you look at the wonders of God's creation and you see a signature that marks who he is, and this is what they found at the middle of the Whirlpool Galaxy, um, I heard Lou Giglio, a pastor, talk about this one time, and I'd never seen this picture before. And you know, a lot of astronomers explained it away. What a random, random thing. They called it the X. And, and yet I, I can't help but look at that signature and, and hear the voice of a God who loves me. Uh, we call that natural revelation, but it's an interesting crossover into special revelation of a God who reveals in his word that he is a saving God, not just a creating God, but a saving God in our Savior Jesus. Let's put that picture up there as a reminder of his love, a love that does not forget his people, a love that's willing to go to any extent to make that love known. And he's here today. May we wonder in his presence that the Savior who loves us that much. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for songs of wonder that fix our eyes not just on the ground or on our problems and our struggles, but help us to see beyond the struggle, uh, to fix our eyes on what you have created in this splendor of glory that is so huge. It, it boggles our, our minds. And yet in that splendor and that glory, you also reveal a closeness to us in a Savior who comes near to us. And we praise you uh, that we are, are not people who just simply chase after the glory, but rather people who find in, in the beauty of your cross and the suffering and death of our Savior a place where you connect with us with true love. As your blood flowed and as your sacrifice was made, so you redeemed us as your people. And in light of all of your creation that waits groaning and waiting for that restoration day of a new heaven, and a new earth when you come back in glory. So prepare us and keep us ready with our eyes fixed on the wonders of our God. And as we sing songs of joy and praise in your presence, we praise you for your love and your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen.